Welcome to the Small Groups in the Wesleyan Way podcast, where we are all about going beyond programs, beyond best practices, and beyond curriculum. To recover and learn from our Wesleyan roots, and to explore the foundations for small groups that are organized to beat the devil and that produce disciples of Jesus Christ who in turn disciple others. My name is Scott Hughes, and I'm the Director of Adult Discipleship here at Discipleship Ministries. I'm Steve Manskar, Director of Wesleyan Leadership, also at Discipleship Ministries. And I'm going to begin with a quote from Gareth Eisnogel. He says this, Human maturity cannot be attained without the working of intimate community between Christ and at least two human beings. And while he is uh, absolutely correct, it is much easier said than done. Uh, that phrase, intimate community. We certainly want that. We crave that. We need that. Uh, but making it happen in a small group can be tricky. Because inevitably, sin, pride, ego will happen. Right? Uh, yes. Anytime you get human beings together in the same room, yeah. it's it's inevitable. Yeah, it doesn't always go well. And so what we're talking about today on this podcast is group dynamics. How to help your group thrive. Um, working through situations that will inevitably happen with any group. Um, and so uh, let's let's jump right into it, right? There, there's sort of a classic pattern of the way groups work, and this isn't just confined to church groups. This is true of really any small group. This, there's, you'll see some sort of pattern like this. And, and it's sort of a classic phrasing. It rhymes. That helps you remember it. And it goes like this, forming, storming, norming, performing, and some add one more, reforming. And so we'll, we'll walk through that pattern and, and see how this is helpful, knowing what this pattern looks like, how this can be helpful for guiding small groups to, to thrive. And so the first one is forming, right? When you get a group together, what will often happen, especially if they don't know each other, people will sort of have this very polite stage, right? They sort of pretend we're all excited to be with one another, um, we all have high hopes for the group, right? This is going to be the best experience ever. We're all going to love each other. And, and so what happens is people sort of hide their agendas, right? They sort of get along to go along or however that, that phrase goes, right? So they're just, they're just going to begin to feel each other out, make sure things go well. Um, and they don't want to stick out, right? People just want to, want to go along. Um, and so, uh, what happens is, uh, in this, this group is, uh, you know, things just go along, right? We're just sort of pretending. We want we want the group to go well, um, and so the the will of the group will will often take precedent over the people. The people will sort of yield to the group, and if there's sort of an identified leader, especially the first session or two, people will just sort of go along with things, right? They'll just kind of sit back and and don't want to cause any waves. Um, my guess is you've experienced this before in a group where you just get together. And everybody just sort of remains calm. And then as, as the group goes along, uh, people start talking a little more. Um, th- there's a great book that goes by the title, Everybody's Normal Till You Get to Know Them. <laughs> right? And so um, that's kind of what's happening in that first group is people look pretty normal. Right? And, and you sort of begin to feel out who's what and who, who's an introvert, who's an extrovert. You're sort of, you know, just looking. Um, but as things go along, people will eventually... Um, let their crazy out. Is that one way to say it? Right. I mean, eventually, uh, we, yeah. we begin to see, uh, what's, what's really going on. Um, and how this, how long this first stage lasts, um, uh, just sort of depends upon the group, 
right? Depends upon how frequently they meet, right? If they're meeting every week, you know, maybe it lasts a month. Maybe it lasts two sessions. Maybe it lasts one session. If the group's meeting um, more irregularly, once a month, once every other week, um, it might last a little longer, right? Just just because. Um, but eventually what's going to happen is you're going to get to the next stage, which is called the storming stage. Uh, some people refer to this as the chaos stage, right? Eventually people will sort of let down their guards. Eventually they're going to uh, reveal their hidden agendas, right? No matter what the will of the group is, they're willing to, to speak up. And, and even if that means risking the group, they're willing to, to say something that um, is risky, right? And that's sort of the easier version of this. <laughs> there's, there's other versions where um, people just want to take over the group. Right? Mm-hmm. Doesn't matter who the identified leader is. Um, or you have the person, we've all been there, that um, just can't stop talking. Right, and the group kind of knows mm, something's not exactly right. Um, how are we going to handle this? Or it could be somebody acts out, or it could be a whole host of things. But something services that the group needs to deal with, right? Um, and, and this isn't always bad, right? I think some groups sort of get in this stage of, and they're they're unsure. Like, all right, is the group going to break apart? Right, a fear sort of sets in. Uh oh, things aren't going well. Uh, maybe we should just break up, right? Um, but a good leader knows this is all part of the process, mm-hmm. right? This this is bound to happen. And, and instead of seeing this as a place of fear, a place of chaos, we can begin to see, hmm, how how can we work through this, right? And groups that work through this um, get to a better place. So uh, here's a really weird example of this. I'm not a Star Trek fan. But there's a great Star Trek episode that illustrates this. And, you know, if I knew names, <laughs> throw names out. But what happens in this particular Star Trek episode, and, and there's going to be a Trekkie out there who's going to know this, and hopefully they'll let me know the name of this episode, um, is that one of the people in Star Trek... <laughs> now, is this original Star Trek or oh, Star Trek Next Generation? Which Star it's Trek are we talking about? one of the earlier about? ones. I don't know if it's first generation Is or William not. Shatner in it? I don't remember. <laughs> I don't remember. Is don't, Spock in it? I don't remember. <laughs> Let, let's go with okay. that. Let's say it. Let's say it's Shatner. Um, um, he shows up on a planet, and uh, there's um, an alien next to him, and they can't communicate, right? But there's people firing at them, shooting at them, right? And they have to um, together begin to communicate and take on this common enemy. And in it's in the process of fighting this common enemy, they begin to learn how to communicate okay. with one another, uh-huh. right? And it builds bonds between them because they've defeated this common enemy. And I think something like that <laughs> has to happen in a small group, is we have to have this experience of working through something to begin to learn to communicate with mm-hmm. one another. Does that make some sense? Yeah. I mean, yeah. I, you know, if I were better at Star Trek, I could make the illustration even better. But I think it, it's always stuck with me. Interestingly, we had to watch this for a New Testament class about communication theory. Anyway, that's sidebar. Um, but I do but think that, that does sound like something that would be in the the, the original Star Trek. Yeah, with I Captain Kirk. And think that's right. I think yeah. it is Captain Kirk. But don't don't but hold me to that. Trekkies out there. 
if you can tell Scott Help me and out. identify <laughs> this episode, we can come up with some kind of discipleship ministry swag to That's send right. to you. That's right. That's right. Um, but I always, I've always thought that makes sense. It makes sense in a marriage relationship, yeah. right? You yeah. got to work through those things and you get you build those bonds. I think that's true in a small group, that you have to work through this place of chaos. But that takes a common commitment to the group and to, the, to the mission of the group that we're going to make this work and we're going we're gonna to stay together yeah. to get through this and make this work because this is important. That's right. And I was going to say this later, but I think since you brought this up, I think it's a good point to add it in. I mean, this is where a covenant, having a covenant on the front end, your initial meetings really comes to play, Mm -hmm. is that you can, as things get a little rough, you just refer back to the covenant. Mm -hmm. It takes it off of personalities and, and, and you have something objective to point to and say, hey, remember, we had these expectations and we agreed that this is how we're going to have the conversation. Mm-hmm. Right. So, you know, just another plug for having a good covenant in the group yeah. to to make sure you have these conversations well. So that's the, the storming phase. And then that, it leads then to the the norming phase. Right. Um, depending on how how deep the, the conflict is, um, depending on the the group, right, how you handle it uh, will depend on how long that storming phase happens, right? But good leaders know not to take things personally, right? If, if there's conflict in the group, good leaders are able to know, okay, this is not about me. It's about the group. Make it about the group and can help the group push through this. And so... So if I can interrupt, yeah, you, yeah. you keep talking about good leaders. Yeah. That implies to me that for this to work, you need leaders who are they have some kind of preparation and training for small for leading small groups, yep. and that's so that they need to know this stuff, right? Yes, exactly right. Yeah, yeah, this is a good thing for your leaders to learn. Yeah, um, there's a saying that says the health of a group will never exceed the maturity level of the leader. Yeah. And I think that's really well said. And I think you could say leaders. Yeah. It doesn't have to be one particular person. Um, but in order for a, a group to mature, there's got to be a healthy leader, trained healthy leader, mm-hmm. seasoned disciple to help a group mature. I mean, this is why it's important to have the training and it's important to choose those who are healthy, you know, and also, uh, I think we've said this before, right? The leader doesn't have to be the person with the most information. Yeah. Right. But really the, the seasoned disciple who has a maturity of uh, training and of, of an awareness that this is uh, a group issue and I don't have to take this personally. So I think what you're describing is someone who's comfortable in their own skin. Yes. Yes, absolutely. Well said. And so if a group can, can work through this, um, then they can get to the, the norming stage. Right. Other people refer to this as the discarding or redefining stage. Right. We've we've had some new ideas surface, um, but we've worked through those and we've we've redefined our expectations. Right. And people begin to adjust or or modify their agendas to the group. They willingly sort of give those over as those are negotiated within the group. Um, And so a, a group that's achieved this this level of norming. They're allowing people to achieve their uniqueness, right? We sort of know people's quirks at this point, 
right? And we're okay with it. We're comfortable with that, right? Yeah. We know the person who just speaks aloud. It's <laughs> sort of randomly. I had a had a group that every conversation started off this way. I'd ask a question. This particular person would give their answer, and then we'd have a conversation, <laughs> right? We just we as a group learned this person processed things externally, uh-huh. and when a question was asked, she would talk. We would sort of take that, okay, and then we'd have a conversation. <laughs> <laughs> and so you, you learn these quirks of, of, of people in your group, and you've learned to, to negotiate them and, and push back on them. Um, I had another group that I was in. Actually, this was a group in, in seminary, and two particular people just didn't like each other, right? They just, just didn't get along and it, I've had that group before. I've <laughs> had that group. I, remember, you, I think you shared that experience yeah. of uh, your one of your first covenant yeah. discipleship groups of having to to um, engage in some conflict resolution or at least try. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and in this particular case, it you know one of the, the the people I would say one of the more mature people in the group sort of na- just named it. This person doesn't like this person, and it was and it wasn't like they were engaged in like major conflict or openly, you know, it was just, they didn't like each other. And once we named that, we were able to kind of push through that and go, we know these two are never going to hang out by themselves, mm-hmm. <laughs> right? But they're respectful to one another and, and the group and, and, it, and it made the group go better, right? Because we named it. We named the reality yeah. and we were okay with it. And I think that, you know, brings to my mind that we can love another person but we don't have to like them that's one way to put it right is we right we that that's that's the kind of love that jesus is talking about loving your neighbor as yourself you don't have to like your neighbor yeah. to love them yeah that's that's well said because that's gonna yeah. come up right there's gonna be people in your group you just don't you don't like they get under your skin they kind of rub you the wrong yeah. way and that's normal <laughs> yeah that's being human <laughs> right um and back to the mature leader Right, they're able to help people. Um, sometimes, the best work they can do as a leader is help people understand their conflict styles. Yeah. Some people want to just face conflict head on, run into it. Other people, like me, run from it. And I, I've had to learn this. I've had to have counseling for this. <laughs> right, that um, counseling or conflict isn't the worst possible thing. Right, that people can grow through conflict. I've had to had to learn that. Mm-hmm. And, and if you, as a good leader, can can help people name that and negotiate that, that when this conflict arises, you don't have to to run away or escape. Mm-hmm. You can breathe and, and work through this. And for other people, maybe they need to learn not to just run run into this head on and cram it down someone's throat <laughs> to, to back off a little bit and give some people some room. Yeah. So good leaders help negotiate that. And and as you do this in a group, the group becomes more like a family, right? You've learned to, to work through things together um, and begin to sort of give people some grace, give help people to, to um, see the best in others and see the people's strengths and weaknesses. And so at this stage of the group, there's a balance between the needs of the individuals and the needs of the group. And, and they're working together towards the next stage, which is performing. This is where there's some harmony. This is where things are clicking, right? Again, everybody might not like each other. That's okay. But we know how to achieve the stated mission of the group, right? Whether that's study, whether that's mission, whether that's formation, whatever that is, that we're, we're doing that pretty well. 
Um, and and we again we know the quirks, um, but but people are are willingly allowing the group mission to take precedence. And, and I think it's worth pointing out, groups don't always achieve this, right? For some groups, the best they ever get is norming. They never quite get to performing. Hmm. Other groups, they reach performing and then slide back down into norming or even storming, mm-hmm. right? That you can kind of go through these cycles and stages and every group's different and they're going to go through this differently. Yeah. Once you get to this next stage, doesn't mean you're going to stay there. You're going to slide back. And you, you named another dynamic when it comes to performing that also happens in groups. I'll let you talk about that. Well, that I think what you're referring to is in our pre-recording conversation yeah. is what David Lowe's Watson in his book on covenant discipleship names every covenant discipleship group and I think this applies sure in this performing state event a lot of groups is what what he called the doldrums. Yeah. And what the doldrums are is it's a part of the doldrums are found it's in the ocean Okay. Um, in I think just around the equator. Interesting. Where there is no wind. Huh. And so if you're in a sailing ship that needs the wind to propel it. Yeah. You get into the doldrums, there's no wind. Ah. And you rely, what's going to move you out of the doldrums is the, the ocean's current. Huh. So you're not completely stop but you it feels like you've stopped interesting and you're not moving you're in the doldrums you're in the doldrums and so there's a great there's one of my favorite movies of all times is master and commander oh the far side of the world with uh, russell crowe yeah and which is a compilation of it, it, it covers several books in this series um I can't think of the author's name right now. They're wonderful books. Anyway, there's a scene in this movie where the ship, which is in pursuit of this French frigate um, that's terrorizing sh- British shipping. and So they're in pursuit of this ship, and they're going around the southern end of South America yeah, right. into the Pacific Ocean, but before they end up in the doldrums. Oh, interesting. And the way, and the captain knows what he needs to do to get his crew through the doldrums, and that is to keep them busy. Ah. You know, keep them busy, you know, cleaning. Keep their mind occupied. Right. Keep them working. Yeah. Give them all jobs to do. Huh. So they're, you know, cleaning the decks, mending sails. You know, there's all kinds of work to do. Sure. In keeping the ship running, and it keeps the the men's minds occupied. Okay. There's also other stuff that ha- I'm not going to get into the other stuff that happens <laughs> in this scene, but but it, it's I think it, it's it's instructive as to how to get through the doldrums. Ah, I see. Is you, one you need to know it's coming. Every captain knows about the doldrums, and they know a good captain knows how to k- get his crew oh, through okay. it. Um, and so you need to know it's coming and then just be prepared with strategies as to how to get through it. Okay. Um, and that is, you know, to change things up. Yeah. You know, but the main thing is to be 
in order to do that is you have to have the commitment to get through it. Okay. Otherwise, it just breaks up. Yeah, I guess on a boat you're stuck. <laughs> right, and then chaos happens, yeah. and yeah. you know nothing good happens. Yeah. So another opportunity for swag is let us know about the books and the author. <laughs> well, I, I know about. I just have to go home and look them up. Okay, um, fair enough. Um, and I'll probably think about it before the end of okay, this recording. We'll see. We'll see. Um, but you're you're right to plan for that and to know things have gotten mundane. Yeah. Name it, and and, and sometimes. Perhaps the leader feels it's mundane, but other people don't. And just by letting people talk through that, the whole group gets re-energized because Sally isn't feeling mundane. She's feeling reinvigorated, right? right? And so just talking about the, hey, I came to the group today, and let me just tell you, I I feel like the last two lessons have been just like we're going through the motions. Mm -hmm. Am I the only one that thinks that? Right? Test the group. Yeah. Test the group. Yeah. Uh, And sometimes you'll find you may feel that way, but someone else doesn't. Right. Or the group goes, yeah, you're right. What do we need to do? Do we need to invite someone new in? Right. Do we need to do something different? Right. And just have a conversation with the group of, yeah, this is what I'm feeling. Check Mm -hmm. the group. Yeah, that's really good. Really good. Um, And that leads to the actual, the last thing, which is um, reforming. Right. Is every group has a time of new birth. Right, and it can look like a whole host of things. Perhaps a group has said, we've been in a doldrum for a year now. We've really got to change things up. That may mean some people need to, to leave. Right, I, I think we've talked about this that I know I'm not in favor of um, somebody coming in saying to a group, y'all need to split. Right, and, unless yeah. there's perhaps some major conflict issues. Um, <laughs> that, you know, I'm in favor of letting the group figure that out. Right. Right. Yeah. Um, but there's a time when a group needs to figure out, you know, the best thing for us is is to have some missionaries go and start a new group. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, sometimes that that's what needs to happen. Um, sometimes um, some people need to leave. Sometimes people need to come in. Right. That's that's part of it. Sometimes groups just need to die. Yeah. Right. I mean, I've been a part of those groups where it's like, let's celebrate what God has done and let's move on. Mm-hmm. That's OK. Mm-hmm. Right. That's OK. Yeah. Yeah. New birth will happen in death, right? That's what we believe in our theology is resurrection. Wherever there's death, God will bring forth new life. He's always working about the pattern of redemption, Yeah, right? Yeah. That's true for small groups. So, all right. So th- those are the stages. Let's let's add some caveats here. Um, as we said, it's not bad to be in this the storming stage. It's normal. Conflict is, is going to happen, um, and, and we can deal with it. Um, people are going to deal with conflict differently. It's okay. Help them to do so. Um, and what's comfortable for some folks may not be for others, so help them walk through that. Um, sometimes a group might need a mediator or third party to, to help them through. Right? That might be the pastor. It might be, um, if you're in a Sunday school class, a Sunday school superintendent or director of uh, Christian education, or it could just be someone else in a different group just to help you work through that. Um. And so groups are continually moving up and down. We've said that, right? And, and mm-hmm. there, I've been in groups where it seems like we went through this process every week early on. It's like we would sort of have this polite stage at the beginning of the time. Then we'd sort of let the crazy out for a little bit and we'd work <laughs> through that and be in a norming by the end of the, the time. So sometimes this sort of happens in a microcosm for each group. Um, and that, that's okay. That helps. And as we said, um, covenant, covenants help greatly. Covenants help and training leaders help. Absolutely. Um, so we would definitely recommend those as sort of practical ways to help help groups work through these dynamics. 
Um, so maybe that's sort of a takeaway for you from this is to have a conversation with your small group um, in the near future of where are we? Where And it might be just a fun conversation in your group um, to get a feeling for where everyone else thinks they are in this process. And it'd be interesting because some will see it differently. Um, so so have those those conversations. Anything else you can think of that we need to talk about in terms of... Patrick O'Brien. Ah, oh, you figured it out. <laughs> is the author of the, the series of books by about Captain Aubrey. Same title, Master and, and Commander? Th- that's the first book, is okay. Master and Commander. Okay. And it's a series of 24 books. Wow. And I've read 12 of them. Wow. Still... I'm taking a break, <laughs> but I need to get back to them. They're really fine books, you know, historical fiction. Um, and the movie is based on like two or three of those novels. Oh, I see. Okay. You did um, it. Good job. I did. I'm impressed. Um, all right. Well, let's let's talk about credits. All right. We have Matt Carlisle, our web producer, Steve Horswell Johnson, our executive producer, and our technical director is? Blake. Just Blake. Blake's the man. Blake is the man. We do know his last name, uh, but he's like Cher. He only needs Madonna, one. Prince. He just needs one. He's Blake. Um, so we do hope you'll be interactive with us. Um, let us know. If you're a Trekkie, you can let us know what episode I'm referring to. Um, if you have questions about small groups, um, your ideas, things you've experienced about group dynamics, let us know that. I'd be very interested to hear how you've worked through some of these things and your advice and tips that we can share and pass on to other groups. Uh, you can contact us. You can find our emails on our website, umcdiscipleship.org, and lots of other resources for your ministry there. You can also find us on Twitter. I'm at Rev Scott's Tweets, also at UMC Adult Form for adult formation. And I'm uh, Steve Manskar. Uh, Twitter, I'm at S Manskar, at, at S M A N S K A R. And I also encourage you, this week we have a, an updated, uh, an update, a major update of the Covenant Discipleship web pages. So I encourage you to go check out the new homepage and the new resources that we have for all the three new books that were published last year. You know, my book, Disciples Making Disciples, and Chris Welterdink's book, um, everyday Disciples and uh, the book uh, led by Melanie Gordon and two other authors, um, Growing Everyday Disciples, are all featured on the, this, all this, there's lots of new material up there that we've all, all three of us have contributed. So go to umcdiscipleship.org slash covenant discipleship and check out that those those new resources. Plus, you can check out previous podcasts where you interviewed each of those authors. Yes, we did. Included. So yes. check those out. Also, go to iTunes and rate us. That'll help others find our podcast. So five-star ratings and comments. Hey, we might even read your comment on the podcast. I think we could make that commitment. You, you give us a good... Heck, if you give us a bad one, we will read it on air. If you think we're crazy, <laughs> that's okay. We'll read it. Um, so we look forward to uh, being in ministry with you and, and being helpful in whatever, whatever ways that we can. And so until next time, peace. Small Groups in the Wesleyan Way podcast has been a production of Discipleship Ministries, an agency of the United Methodist Church. Visit all our podcasts at podcasts.umcdiscipleship.org.